0: Morning, everybody. We are in the book of Daniel. So I want you to think for a minute and finish this sentence. Daniel and the... Did you say lion's den? That's a pretty famous story from the book of Daniel. However, if that's all you remember, you've missed quite a bit because there's a lot of really good stuff in the book of Daniel. In fact, if you look for it, you're going to find six different tests that Daniel goes through. There's the king's meat, there's the king's dream, there's the fiery furnace, there's the second dream, there's the writing on the wall, and there's the lions. But let's start at the beginning. This is a story about some boys. And at the beginning of the story, they are about 17 years old. And you're gonna see them through the process of time and experience, you're gonna see them growing up and becoming very strong, uh, faithful men. So they are in Babylon. Let's kind of get a historical background here. In verse 1 of the book of Daniel, chapter 1, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, under Jerusalem and besieged it. Okay? So he comes and he takes things, vessels from the house of God, the temple, He carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. He brought vessels into the treasure house of his God. But he also wanted certain of the people. So he told his his servant people um, to bring certain of the children of Israel. He wanted specifically children in whom was no blemish, but was well favored, so they needed to be healthy, they needed to be skillful and wise, they needed to be smart, cunning and knowledge, they needed to understand things, understand science. And he wanted them with this group of boys with this these abilities to come to the king's palace and be taught and raised up in the king's palace to the tongue of the Chaldeans and the learning of the Chaldeans. So these 17-year-old boys, their names were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And they were children of Judah. So they came from the tribe of Judah. Judah. So when they're gonna bring them into Babylon, they want to give them a shift in their thinking from a God-centered life to this Babylonian life of idols and evil. And to do that, one of the most powerful things they can do is to change their name. They, their names were very God-centered. If you look at the names they were given and what they mean, um, Daniel means God is my judge. Hananiah means the gracious gift of God. Michel means one who is like the Lord. And Azariah, God is my help. So in, they changed their names to change their identity and try to move them away from this God-centered life. So that gives you some um, background on what, how they got there and what's happening. But right at the beginning of the story of these boys, Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. The king wanted them to eat his meat and drink his wine. We don't know what was wrong with the king's meat, but something was wrong with it. And they knew that eating it would defile them spiritually. So they were not right at the beginning. We've made a decision. We are going to do what the Lord wants us to do. So he tells these servant people, we're not going to eat the king's meat. And he made a proposal. He said, prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days. So give us ten day, a ten day trial, and give us grains to eat and water to drink, and then compare at the end of the ten days if we are stronger or weaker. And that's an interesting concept. What would be our 10-day test? Think about it personally. What would be my 10-day test that would make me stronger spiritually? Be thinking about that. That's our question for this podcast. Is it how you manage your cell phone? Is it the amount of time you play video games? Is it time wasters? Is it the media that you are exposed to. Is it things you want to limit or let go, or, or is it other things you would like to grow? But be thinking about what your 10-day test will be. So at the end of 10 days, they were much healthier, fair, fatter, and flesh than all the children which did eat the, the portion of the king's meat. And so then, because of their decision to be faithful to God, they get blessed with gifts. So this gifting happens because of that decision. In verse 17, as for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. So that's the first thing that we look at, is they decide this right up front. They're not going to defile themselves with the king's meat. Okay, the second one we're going to talk about, and we're going to kind of skip around. Um, We're just going to hit something really quick in the king's dream. So the king has a dream. He's troubled in spirit. And he calls all his wise people together. No one can interpret it. He says, okay, we're going to kill all the wise men in the land. Now remember... This would include Daniel and his friends because now everyone sees that they have a great deal of wisdom. So they gather them up and Daniel says, no, wait a minute. Don't be hasty here. Don't be hasty here. Let us have some time and we'll see what we can do. Think about, do you know anybody who's troubled in spirit that maybe you can breathe some hope? into their story, because that's what happens here. So Daniel goes back to his home, gathers his friends, um, counsels with his faithful companions. They gather together to talk and to pray. They want the mercies of God, and they ask for that. The secret is revealed, they thank God, and then they take action. And that's a pattern of prayer that we should remember. Counsel with your faithful companions. Gather your faith community to talk and to pray. Pray for help that you need. Look for the revelation you receive. Thank God, but then take action. President Nelson in his last conference, said, ask him to enlighten your mind, send the help you need, record the thoughts as you pray, and then follow through diligently. I think that's very interesting. And you'll have to study that story to see how it all turns out, what the dream was. and So let's go on to the third chapter which is test number three the fiery furnace so nebuchadnezzar the king creates this golden image and he tells all men to worship it well remember they decided right at the beginning when they were young that they were not going to defile themselves so shadrach meshach and abednego refuse and they are cast into the fiery furnace and the thing I want to point out here is kind of a definition of faith. Um, If you look in 16 through 18, so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered to the king, we are not careful to answer thee in this manner because he says, you know, either you worship or I'm going to cast you into this fiery furnace and who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? you're going to burn in there. And they said, oh, we're not. if it so be that our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, We will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. So this is the definition of faith. I don't know what's going to happen, but here's what I do know. God is able. God can deliver. And I trust him if he doesn't. So in verse 25 and 26... The king looks in there and he says, How many are in the furnace? There are four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like unto the Son of God. Now, the important thing of that verse is notice he did not take them from the problem. He did not um, take them out of the furnace and from the problem. Instead, God steps into the problem instead and walks through it with them. And oftentimes, when you have problems and trials and you pray for help, the problem isn't removed, but he steps into the problem with you and walks through it with you. Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning, fiery furnace and said, Shadrach, Meshach, hey, Abednego, ye servants of the Most High, come forth, come hither. And so they came out of the, forth out of the midst of fire. And there was not a hair on their head singed. Their coats weren't changed. There wasn't even the smell of the fire or smoke on them. And those of you who have stood by a campfire, you know how that smoky smell gets all through your clothes but nothing. Nebuchadnezzar spoke and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. It's interesting to watch how Nebuchadnezzar is changing and moving and... and um, becoming someone different, so the fourth one is the dream that Nebuchadnezzar has of the tree, and you'll have to study that one and you're going to see that Nebuchadnezzar, by the end of this, um, you're seeing God's mercy working in the life of this oppressor and this bad guy to turn his heart and turn him to God. So chapter five is the writing on the wall. Um, And the interesting thing about this one is if you look at the interpretation of the writing, it was you were weighed in the balances and you were found wanting. And it makes you reflect for a moment. There is a moment when all your choices come together and they're numbered and numbered and weighed and divided and the reflection is to think, where would I be found wanting? And we're all found wanting in one area or another. And the answer to that is seeking the help that you need uh, through prayer from Heavenly Father now we get to Daniel and the lion's den and this one you know what happens here um, so Darius is now the king who is the son of Nebuchadnezzar and Darius um, kind of you see that he's, he's got a different way of thinking. Um, they have been taken over, and we've got three presidents that have been put over the kingdom, and Daniel is number one. He's preferred above the presidents and the princes because of the excellent spirit that's in him. And the presidents and the princes are jealous, and they want to get rid of Daniel. So they know that there's nothing that they can do to trip him up unless they use his devotion to his God. So they consult together, they get this statute, this royal statute, to make a firm decree that who soever is praying to any God or man for 30 days except the one that the king has made this big statue of, then they will be thrown in the lion's den. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed by the king and once the king signs it, it can't be changed. He goes into his house. His windows are open so anybody can see. He kneels on his knees three times a day. He prays and gives thanks before his God as he did aforetime. This is his established pattern of prayer, which another reflection question, what is our established pattern of prayer? Just think about what. He, what is your pattern? Like, is it before you touch your phone in the morning? Is it before you get out of bed in the morning? Is it morning and night? Kneeling, what is your pattern of prayer? So the king was displeased when he found out that he could not do anything to save Daniel. And they throw him in the lion's den, and the king says before they shut the rock on the den, thy God whom thou service continually will deliver thee. So the next, the king goes to his palace. He passed the night fasting, no music, and no sleep. He got up very early in the morning, ran to the den of lions. He came to the den. He cried with a very sad voice unto Daniel. O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lions? And Daniel says, My God hath sent his angel. Shut the lions' mouths, and they have not hurt me. Um, And so they took him up out of the den, and there was no hurt found upon him, and I've circled this in my scriptures because he believed in his God. Now, once again, you're going to see that that God does not pull Daniel out of the trial. He doesn't pull him out of the lion's den. Instead, he steps into the difficult experience, and protects him, and walks him through it. So in that difficult experience is where we learn who God is. And other people, like Darius, watching this situation, also learn. And if you look at verse um, 27, it says, He delivereth and rescueth. He worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius, in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Great stories in the book of Daniel. So remember, what was your 10-day trial? That is your question for this week. And remember to always follow the Savior's admonition to come follow me. Have a great week, everybody.